Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Making Moves. I'm here today with Miss Olivia O'Brien. Welcome to the show, girl. What camera do I look at? <laughs> Whatever you want. Hey. You're slaying all the cams right now. Anyway, happy birthday. Thanks. I was just told Olivia it's her 24th year and that was my favorite year ever. Randomly. I'm scared for it. I'm excited <laughs> for you. Every year I'm just more scared. Is this going to go up? It's going to be a great year. It can only go up, really. <laughs> or actually, I'm not going to say that because I don't you never jinx know. myself. <laughs> so how has the holiday season been for you? Good. It's fine. <laughs> Honestly, holidays are weird. I think everyone... They're super weird. Th- as you grow up, it's like everyone Everyone says this. Everyone feels it. Like, oh, obviously it's not going to feel how it did when you were a kid. Yeah, lonely. And it's like also like having divorced parents and... Just like weird fi- family dynamics. Mm-hmm. It's like deciding where you're going to go, which parent you're going to spend it with. Like, How do you decide that? Because I go through that too and it's the weirdest thing because I feel guilt when I'm with one parent and not the other. Well, I spend like most of my time with my dad because my dad moved to LA with me when I was 16. Oh, so, he did? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like did not get along with my mom for a long time and mm-hmm. I'm trying really hard to have a relationship with her now. Mm-hmm. And it's we're, we're doing better. Okay. So I spent Thanksgiving with her because I was like, we had a long conversation and I was like, okay, I feel like I should, I feel like I should give it a shot and try. Mm-hmm. And my sister is back home in Napa for a month. So I was like, okay, I'll just go be with them. And I'm with my dad every other day. So I thought he would be like fine with it. But then I found out that his girlfriend, she was making me like a birthday. Cause my birthday is always around Thanksgiving. Aww. She was making me this r- really crazy birthday cake with like, she like formed all these little like mushrooms out of like edible something and like made this like really pretty cake. And my dad, even though I told him that I was going to Napa, on November 7th, he texted me like two days before Thanksgiving and was like, you, we have to go to dinner with Michelle because she's making, she's making you a cake and she thinks that you hate her. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> why didn't her. you tell her earlier that I wasn't coming? He was like, I, and by the way, I still haven't told her you're not coming to Thanksgiving. I was oh. like, what is wrong with you, sir? That's like, so cute stop. when someone makes a cake. No, it was really cute. And we ended up, I had her come to my birthday dinner on Sunday and she brought the cake there and mm-hmm. we had it and it was like the cutest thing ever. And she's a, she's a chef, but she's not a baker. So oh I was like, gosh. damn, girl, you really slayed that. <laughs> you really slayed um, that cake. Yeah, it was good. But yeah, I don't know. Every year I kind of just decide on the fly what I'm going to do for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. um, and Christmas, honestly, too. Like my, I'm going to, so my, my grandparents are... Um, in Ohio, and I okay. So I'm from Indiana. Oh shit! Close. Okay, Midwest, Midwest girlies. <laughs> so I love going to Ohio for Christmas because it's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. Everyone like we just have a good time. I love my family. Um, they're batshit insane, and there's always some drama and some weird stuff always goes down. Like my grandparents' house is like the only house that's I can still like go to that still feels like home or like relaxing i guess it just like reminds me of childhood because everything else is like you know my parents got divorced and then we moved into like random it's more nostalgic exactly Mm -hmm. so i like to go there as much as i can and christmas is the best time because my cousins are there and my cousins are fucking awesome is this your mom's side yeah my mom's okay and then do you are you close with your sibling um yeah me and my sister like hated each other growing up not hated each other but like <laughs> Everyone you know sisters that. yeah and my mom is so convinced that we like still don't like each other like she's like i just wish you guys would get along and we're like best friends now uh-huh. like i tell her everything called like i talk to her all the time is she older or younger she's two and a half years older than me okay amazing yeah. but so- it's a weird dynamic because like i like started life while she was still like in school yeah so i was like i felt like i was like weirdly the older sister but she's such an older sister in the way that like We'll constantly send each other TikToks of like the older sister. Cute. She's very yeah. stereotypical, like how she acts. But the dynamic we have is like kind of strange sometimes. Are you taller than her? I feel no, like I always six see that. Two. Oh my god, she's six two. Yeah, that is so tall. Honestly, amazing. <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah. I wish I was taller. 
Yeah, that's like every time. It's so funny because I use like fun facts about myself. Like I'll use my sister as like when I'm driving. You're like, she's six. My my sister's six foot two. She's bright blonde, like bright, bright, bright blonde and has never dyed her hair. Oh my gosh, amazing. And she like, we look nothing, nothing alike at all. And she lives in Wyoming. Oh my god! And gosh. I'm like, I don't really, we're like so opposite. She's like, literally Miley Stewart and yeah. you're Hannah Montana. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Okay, well, I want to play a little game before we get into the fun stuff. We're just going to go through your fast favorites. So I'm going to say something and you can tell me your favorite okay. out of these categories. Okay, so the first favorite category is favorite book. Either Normal People or Gone Girl or Daisy Jones and the Six. Okay, I was wondering if you would say Taylor Jenkins Reid. Taylor Jenkins Reid is my favorite. One of my so my favorite authors are Jillian Flynn, Taylor Jenkins Reid. Okay, and you're one of the girlies that got me reading Taylor Jenkins Reid. Have you like I'm like I'm so obsessed with her. Like I call it the Taylor Jenkins Reid cinematic universe because yes. all of the books all mention they all the all other go. characters and they're all the eras. Yes. Oh my god. So yeah. da- Daisy Jones and the Six is your favorite though out of them? Yeah, I read it bef- like right before the not right before but like before the show came out. Yeah, and so. I really like to read a book and then watch Me the too. show. Like, because when you're done with the book, you're like, oh, like I want to be in. I still want to be in this world. Like, for you sure, read it. You know, you know what happens. So, getting to like reimmerse yourself in the world uh-huh. and like compare it. Like, that was my favorite thing. Also, with normal people, Sally Rooney. Like, that was the best. What is that about? I've never even heard of that. It's they did a limited series, I think, on Hulu. Um, Daisy Edgar Jones and Paul Mescal. It's really, really, really good. Um, it's the best adaptation of a book I've ever seen, but it's oh, just wow. about it's about these like high school, these kids in Ireland, and they like fall in love in high school. But like mm-hmm. he's cool and she's not cool. Okay, and it, was, like, <laughs> it reminded me a lot of like my high school experience, honestly, a little bit. And it goes, it follows them into college, and it's like mm-hmm. kind of like star-crossed lovers. Okay, thing. love that. It's really, really good. You should read the book and then watch the. Okay, yeah. what did you think of Daisy Jones and the Six? The show. I had to completely separate it from the book because I like saw it in my head very differently me too um the people all looked very different everything was very different but i did enjoy the show and i really liked the show i'm like obsessed with like the 70s yeah so i like went through a phase i think people can well i like deleted everything on my instagram so you can't really like look and see what phase but like there were a few months of my life where i was like fully dressing like i was in the 70s and like really leaning into that (laughs) you could tell it was during my phase when i read daisy jones and the six and then was watching the show Uh well i feel like you have your own like eras tour like you go into like your own eras like that was your 70s era yeah that was my 70s era Uh what era do you feel like you're in right now i don't really know i like I was talking with my therapist about how I feel like I've experimented with like the way that I look and how I dress and like my like it's not even an aesthetic because I feel like I've never been able to like I'm not like the girly that like takes like the really aesthetic photos and can like like I that's just not not how I it's not how I roll Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe I don't have like do I not have a sense of self like because I'm constantly changing this up but but I feel like I really do have a good sense of self and people can like like I just because I switch it up doesn't mean that's not still me. I don't know. I had this whole conversation with my therapist about it, and she was like, "Well, you just like you don't have to have like a thing. You can just do whatever you want at whatever time." I was like, "You're so right." So like sometimes I still dress like I'm yeah. from the '70s. And well, sometimes I feel like I you're dress, not afraid to experiment. A lot of people are afraid to take a risk, and from my POV, it feels like you aren't. Well, you know, I'm afraid of a lot of things, but <laughs> not afraid to take a fashion risk. Yeah, I, I just yeah, 
I honestly attribute this to my anxiety a little bit. If I see something that I think is cool, I immediately am like, I need that. I need that right now. I need to buy that right now. And I go online and I like find the closest thing possible and I'll Uh buy it. Or I'll buy like five of them in different colors. And then like (laughs) I will end up like not wearing them because I'm like, why did I buy this random thing? I don't know. So I almost have like fashion anxiety. Like I see someone wearing something that's cute and I'm like, I must, I must hop on this right now. That's and then hilarious. I bought, yeah, it's, yeah. The, th- the packages that show up to my house, I'm like, when? <laughs> when did, did I, I order this? this at 3 a.m.? I do that sometimes. I impulsively yeah. shop at 3 a.m. It's bad. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Favorite emoji? Um, I always use the purple heart, but recently my favorite is the monkey that's like this. Cute. I thought you were going to say the mushroom. I like the mushroom, but I don't like really. Use You're not it. like, hey, mushroom. Yeah, I'm not like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl, yeah. miss you, mushroom. <laughs> like, hey, how are you, <laughs> mushroom? Yeah, like I love mushrooms. I have a mushroom tattoo. Mm-hmm. My dad, like, anytime my dad finds out that I like something, like, hence him having his girlfriend make the mushroom cake. Anytime my dad finds out, finds out that I like something, like, anytime he goes on a trip, like, if he sees something with that thing, he just really holds. Cute. He never lets anything go. So like. Mm-hmm. I will never live down like my love of mushrooms just even just through my dad yeah so cute okay favorite restaurant in LA where I went for my birthday Giorgio Baldi it's the best oh, I've never been food. there it was so good where I is spent that? so much money it was like <laughs> it's in Santa Monica but like almost the Palisades kind of okay like it's like I think I've heard of, of it PCH it's by Shore Bar if you've ever been to okay. Shore Bar it's literally <laughs> right next to it okay yeah and it's what do you get there the best. so there's the corn agnolotti it's like Almost like mini little raviolis with like corn oh, or something. Okay. They're the uh, pumpkin sage pasta is, or it's like also I think that's a ravioli actually. I don't know. Everything is so good. The langoustines are incredible. The Dover sole. Okay. I can't out of wait this world. Everything. Like Kelsey always orders for me. She's like, you know, father. Well, foods. she's the food god. Yeah, exactly. literally. So and like I love going anywhere with her because I don't have to worry. And I'm just like you order everything because I eat everything. So I'm just like order whatever. Yeah. Because you know. She knows. She orders. Does she like research before? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. And she also just like knows a lot about food and I feel like she just knows what's going to be good. No, I would trust her for sure. Anyway. Okay. Next one is favorite dating app. I'm only on one. Oh, you're only on one. (laughs) I'm only on Raya. (laughs) Have you tried any of the others? During COVID, I was on Hit Me and Drew when we were together. (laughs) We tried Hinge. Hinge can be scary sometimes. But it was like during that time of lockdown when I was like in my alcoholic era like I was so bored that I was like at night I was like I'm just gonna have a couple drinks so I would get drunk like I mean like what were you supposed to do during that time like we were doing mm-hmm. we were re-watching Flavor You're of Love supposed to download Hinge and downloading Hinge and making co- we were like experimenting with weird cocktails <laughs> and like then we would end up being accidentally drunk and I would like FaceTime random men from Hinge, from Hinge? <laughs> yes next question is favorite brand any brand at all or like, like yeah clothing just or? any brand any brand? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, wildflower cases. Okay, period. I love wildflower. Casa Gamero's. I'm like plugging all my friends like brands. <laughs> I thought that I was the only one of my friends that was so obsessed with this. But then we had a whole conversation around like Black Friday because I kept getting texts. I'm signed. It's the only company that I'm signed up for fully like text. Thing. I just... Like I, I purposely signed up for the text notifications. Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth. Wait, best sheets. That? Best towels. The pajamas are literally the softest thing you'll ever put on your body. I The pajamas, I could talk about forever. Okay. It's the best. It's I've never even heard of it. Found that. it from Oprah. Love Oprah's that girl. Fave. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you so much to Apartments.com for sponsoring this episode of Making Moves. Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. The one thing that has kept me sane throughout the 75 hard challenge, and more importantly, has kept me hydrated the most, is liquid IV. Y'all, when I tell you, I literally crave liquid IV. Like the lemon lime flavor lives rent-free in my head. First of all, it just always quenches my thirst, but it is perfectly sour and has that tangy taste to it. And it's just so good. Like a nice cold, crisp glass of liquid IV. Oh my gosh. Mwah! Sounds so good. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. So I actually just taste tested all of the flavors for you guys, the pear, the white peach, the green grape, and the lemon lime. And I have to tell you, I still think lemon lime is my favorite. <laughs> but my second favorite is green grape. And then my third favorite, believe it or not, is pear. I'm actually shocked by how much I like pear. And then in fourth place for me was the white peach. My favorite thing about liquid IV is how convenient it is, especially because I am always on the go. I am booked and busy, and I'm sure you guys are too. So being able to pack it so easily in a purse or a carry-on or whatever the case is, like my work bag, I always have a liquid IV in there because throughout my day, I get so thirsty and nothing truly satisfies my thirst craving other than a liquid IV. Like it is so good. I literally want to make one right now. And listen, drinking water is great. Like I've been drinking so much water while doing the 75 hard challenge, but one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you way better than water alone. And I love it because I feel like it actually revives me. And the best part about it is that there's no artificial sweeteners and zero sugar. However you hydrate, grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TK at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TK at liquidiv.com. Okay, favorite movie? <laughs> I have a list because I always forget. I used to say, always say Dirty Dancing, but I haven't watched it in a while. And then when I'm like on the fly, when people ask me, I say 10 Things I Hate About You and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Love they both have 10. 10 days. So, you know, feels right. Oh, there's this movie. <laughs> this movie, the only movie poster I have in my house. It's called Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. You know, the movie Valley of the Dolls with Sharon Tate? That was No. It. Okay. So it was a movie that kind of flopped, honestly, in like the late 60s. And this guy, I think his, his name is Russ Meyer. He's a director. He made like almost like a parody of it. Okay. It was filmed in 1969, came out in 1970. And it's just like the most insane movie I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's like a comedy, drama, murder mystery. Wow. All in one. And it's like, just, I didn't realize they had that level of like, 
I don't know. There's it's just really it's really nuts, and I'm obsessed with that movie. And it's called Beyond, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Beyond and the Valley of the Dolls. And you have to watch Dolls. the trailer. The trailer is like the most insane thing, too. It's just, <laughs> I, I don't know how I came across this movie, and I, was, I just became obsessed with it. I was like, this is the weirdest, most insane movie ever. And I make, like, a, a period of a couple months, anytime someone would come over, I would make them watch it with me and okay. just, like, watch their reaction to, like, how weird it was. Burlesque, Promising Young Woman, Gone Girl, I Care a Lot, this movie called The Women from 19... 19- 39 I think okay which I didn't think I would like a movie from 1939 I'm like black and white like yeah that's, that's not, crazy it's so good it's just about these women that like get divorced okay and, <laughs> okay which is revolutionary yeah, for the time true very I like true. how you asked me about my one favorite movie I'm no, like, and I'm like <laughs> give us the list <laughs> um scream okay iconic airplane and pretty woman love pretty woman I have a movie list too okay good yeah yeah I'm glad I'm not crazy. Are you a list girl? Do you write down? Oh, yeah. yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Because I forget. Like, mm-hmm. I will be in so many situations. Like, the other, like, I actually was just remembering this because I'm going through a major, like, Radiohead era. Like, all I want to listen to when I get in my car is Radiohead <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. Like, that sounds like so, like, I just listen to Radiohead. I'm not like other girls. But, like, I, it's just, like, what my brain wants to hear right now. Um, and so, like, I, I like, I really like Radiohead. I, mm-hmm. I have for a long time. And I was at a bar, and this guy told me that his like favorite band was Radiohead. And he was like, "What's your favorite Radiohead song?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, blank." So I didn't like, think of any Radiohead song except for "Creep," and I was uh-huh. like, "I'm not saying that." So I was like, I stood there for like 30 seconds, and I was like, "Karma Police." <laughs> Why does that always happen when someone asks you <laughs> a so question bad. like your favorite? You yeah. blank. I I that always forget like my favorite. a scientific thing, like I, why we do that. So that's uh, I started making lists. I was like, Me too. It's my favorites. Of, so if anyone's got any questions, I have a list ready to go. Like, got hold it. on. Oh, you want to know my favorite something? Yeah, I just gotta pull you it. Gotta up. go. You gotta go in. Okay, last two favorite person to Facetime. Um, my friend Mac, who the one that lives in London that I went okay. to, because we—that's pretty much our whole friendship at this point. Unless I'm going to visit him, he rarely comes to visit me. How did you guys meet? Um, through Mr. Logan Paul. Oh, yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And then favorite habit in your routine? My like night routine, my day routine, my morning routine, whatever. Any girl, routine? like your favorite habit. I mean, I do have a very intense skincare routine because I used to have a really bad acne. We have incredible skin. Thank you. I spend a lot of money on it. It's like really embarrassing. <laughs> I had really bad skin. It was like one of my biggest insecurities for a long time. So I was like, I'm never, I'm never going back there. I feel like that is one of the hardest things mm-hmm. ever as far as like insecurity. Like that really hit me, acne. Yeah. And I have OCD and I, one of my symptoms, it's way more under control now, but I had, I have dermatillomania. So like if. Like, I, I'll, like, rip things off of my skin. Oh, my gosh. Like, and when I was in, like, middle and high school, I had really bad acne. So I would, like, actually, I would, and my mom's an esthetician. So mm-hmm. she had all these, like, metal, like, oh, popping wow. tools in the house. So I would, like, rip my skin off with metal tools. And then I had, like, all these scars and this no. whole thing. What do you so feel, fun? like, changed your skin the most or helped it the most? Getting facials every three to four weeks. Okay. It's, like, I have to. And just, like, literally, if I don't do my skincare routine, I will get, like, I, it's, even if I have a small one, like, I had a, Birthday! I got my birthday pimple. I always say that like I I get a giant pimple right before any big important thing. Same. So my it's it's gone down now, but I like I went to town on it and it was like <laughs> it's really swollen on my birthday, but it's going down a little. So I had my birthday pimple and then I slept in my makeup on the night of my birthday on accident oh. and I got a little tiny one right here. It'll do so that. It's so do you like, have a facialist you see consistently? Yeah, Artisan of Skin, Beverly Hills. Okay, so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that Love does sound though. expensive. Love you guys. It yeah. does sound expensive. Um, I've been going there for a few years, and it's like the best thing ever. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess my skincare routine is my favorite part okay. of my routine. Yeah, 
I, I love a skincare moment mm -hmm. for sure. Okay, so obviously your song went crazy when you were 16. Is that mm -hmm. correct? And before that, I'm like, what type of kid were you growing up? I was, I believed in fairies until I was like way too old to believe in fairies. I thought that, did you ever read Percy Jackson? No, I did not. I was obsessed with Percy Jackson and like Greek mythology. And I thought that because in Percy Jackson in sixth grade, someone comes and brings you to Camp Half-Blood and you find out that you're half um, Greek god. Oh. God. Yeah. So I thought that was going to happen to me. Okay. And then when sixth grade came and passed, I was like, oh. Maybe maybe this maybe isn't this real. Isn't it. <laughs> maybe it's not real. And I would walk around my yard with a plastic sword pretending to fight off monsters and <laughs> You were really getting after it as a child. Yeah. I was weird. Me and my sister also <laughs> dressed up as like like Little House on the Prairie. Like we had like bonnets. You. And <laughs> um Yeah, I had a very imaginative um childhood. I wrote I've been writing like songs and like I used to try to write full novels, but I didn't really have like a storyline. Mm -hmm. So I would write like chapter one and I would like write stuff and then like that was it. Like, Shut where up, was that's I crazy going? as a kid though. Yeah, looking back to like, I I found a, like a, a little journal of like short stories and like poems I wrote when I was like seven or eight. Uh -huh. I went to Montessori school when I was Me really too. little before my parents lost all their money and then we couldn't afford it anymore. But I feel like I was really encouraged to be creative there. Yeah. Like they, I mean, there's like, that's just like kind of their whole, their whole deal right um and so i had this this like little journal that was at my mom's house and i opened it and i read these like little stories i was writing and i was low-key using like literary elements and okay. shit like i didn't know what i was you were, doing you were thesis I, I, didn't, I didn't know what i was like i didn't know that i was doing yeah. it but i'm looking back i'm like okay damn girl so i was weird i will say that well i feel like you were very imaginative that yeah. which is something I feel like I lack now as an adult. Like yeah. I feel like I need to get into that state more. I always say that like my like ideal person that I want to be is like me when I was like seven. Yeah, healing yeah, your I inner was, child. I was iconic. I did Montessori through second grade from like toddlers, which is like literally when you're like three, um, all the way to second grade, and then I uh, had to leave and went to a Catholic school skipped third grade went straight into fourth grade so I was a year younger than everyone in my class mm -hmm. I had spent my whole life at weird Montessori school playing makeup like make-believe games like using a stick as a wand and like mm -hmm. running around like a horse <laughs> like and then I went to this school where everyone's like in uniforms mm -hmm. and that did not go over well was it co-ed co or yeah, all girl it was okay. co-ed and it was horrible did you have any idea what you wanted to be growing up when you were when I when I was really kid? little yeah I, I said that I was going to be a quadruple threat I was going to be a fashion designer singer dancer and actor okay <laughs> the fashion designer in there oh, is yeah. really fashion designer. the fun part <laughs> yeah okay uh, fashion designer threat. you know what you kind of get a little bit of those things and all the stuff you do right yeah I mean like I would say I'm a fashion designer but like I could be Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be successful, but I could. Well, you know, styling. You, you could do anything, really. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, anyway, okay, so you were a very um, creative kid. Yeah, like ridiculously. And then that just slowly started going away the older I got because I was like, oh, this is weird. People are making fun of me for doing this. Like, this is not cool. And then I wanted so – like, once you hit, like, like, end of elementary school, like, beginning of middle school, like, age mm – -hmm. At least for me, like, all I wanted to do was fit in. And even when I was at Montessori, like, 
I was still like more myself and creative, but like I had this weird obsession with uniforms and lockers and school buses mm-hmm. and like things that I thought were like normal that I saw like on TV and mm-hmm. stuff that kids experience in school because I never had any of that. Like we didn't even have grades. Like they would literally grade us. They would give you your parents like a giant like like um, stack of paper and it's like rhythm one through five like they were, like they had their own grading re- scale uh-huh. like they literally i remember i you're not supposed to look at your report card and i looked and i and i saw that i got a like two or three on rhythm and i was like what the fuck <laughs> are you rhythm. talking about and then i worked really hard to improve my rhythm yeah it's hilarious like, you're like look at me now bitches why are you gra- like, now, like, look now i do rhythm professionally i just i wanted to be normal more than anything in the entire world and i feel like that's what made me suck so bad for most of that time like through uh, from the time I went to Catholic school so fourth grade through high school I feel like I just like sucked I sucked as a person because all I wanted to do was be cool Mm. and I would hide the parts of me that made me interesting and special because I thought that that was weird and I was so afraid of being weird and looking back I'm like yeah I get why people bullied me like I was just like trying to be normal when I wasn't supposed to be and so everything that I did was just a little off Mm -hmm. like I would like try to buy the right like because, you know, everyone wears the same clothes. Yes. Everyone's, like, the same. Like, I would want to buy Uggs, and I would ask my mom for Uggs, and she would get me, like, emus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, like, everything that I did was, like, slightly off. And, like, that's not, that doesn't sound like anything that dramatic. But, like, when it happens with every single thing, like, I wasn't, I couldn't have real vans because they were too expensive, so I had to pay less vans. And I was, like, so embarrassed about that. Th- this example, I, I will always remember this for some fucking reason i went to like summer camp one time literally the one time i went to sleepaway summer camp and everyone packed all their stuff in in they called them buckets but it was just like the the or like the trunks it was like just like literally like the plastic yeah. containers yeah it was just like and with the lid yeah. like you that you store stuff so everyone packed all their stuff in that and i like brought a duffel bag and i was the only person in the entire camp the <laughs> entire camp every so no one told me yeah no one told me i brought a fucking camp like a little duffel bag only person in the entire camp and i was like this is such <laughs> At the time, I wasn't thinking this, but now I'm thinking this is such a great metaphor for, like, how I did everything just a little wrong uh-huh. my whole fucking life. I feel like in school when you're a kid, those things are way bigger of a deal than oh, yeah. when you are, like, now looking back, you're like, oh, that wasn't a big deal. But in the moment, life. it is. Yeah. It's your whole life. Like, and that's, that's, it is a big deal yeah. in the moment. And, yeah, that that is challenging. Now but- I'm like, I would love to be different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now it's like, be more different. Embrace that. Um, yeah, so. Well, we were talking about the beginning, 24 being my favorite year. What do you feel like has been your favorite year? None. Growing up? Zero. If you had to choose one. Probably like five. <laughs> okay, your most your most creative year. Yeah, no, it was actually, actually it was probably like seven. Seven? Seven. That's, when, that's, I, a great that's when I started getting into songwriting. Okay. <laughs> that's when you started your but career. Like, like actually though. Uh, what is your favorite song you've ever written? I don't have one. Really? Yeah. I feel like because I have so many and so like personal to me, they all are my favorites for like different reasons. Mm-hmm. So I like it's like choosing between your favorite children, which I'm sure some parents can do, but mm-hmm. I can't. What is your favorite song to listen to? That's obviously not your own. That's an impossible question. Um, I don't, like don't have like one favorite song. I don't think um, it changes all the time. My go-to song that, like, if I have to sing, this would happen a lot when I was in when I was in Nashville for a month. Like, there's live bands playing everywhere. Mm, I and love Nashville. So, I love Nashville too. So 
I would go somewhere and then my friends would like be like, she's a singer, can she do a song? And like, I, so if something like that happens where I'm like forced to sing a song, I always do Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. It's the only song that I know I know every single word mm-hmm. and everything like perfect. Or Valerie by Amy Winehouse. Oh, those are both so, great. Those and are, everyone else knows the words to yeah, those too. Exactly. So I'm just going to say those two. Because... Yeah, those are great. <laughs> I love it. For scientific reasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to talk a little bit about your songwriting process. Is that your favorite part of your job? Songwriting? Yeah, just writing in general. Writing. Okay. What is your approach when it comes to writing a song? Like, is it, I want to know the nitty gritty. Is it like randomly you hear a word and you're like, I want to incorporate that or you went through something or I guess how does it, how does it look? Everyone's songwriting process is really different. And right now I'm kind of transitioning into becoming just a writer. So I've been like working with other artists and writing for them or like with them, but for them instead Mm -hmm. of for me. The art, like if you're in a session for another artist, like I feel like they kind of have to lead the way versus when I'm in a session and it's me and like a, a writer, I lead the way. Yeah. So it's been interesting kind of seeing how everyone works, how everyone works. And I mean, I've al- already seen like how different writers work, but it's just like there's a whole new dynamic when mm-hmm. with artists. If it's for me, it's just like I have something I'm going through and something I want to say. And like it's really hard to plan when to be creative like totally I think that's the hardest part mm-hmm. like I'll have a session booked and I'm like oh shit I don't want to do this like I have nothing to say today I don't well like, aren't you paying for a session no oh you aren't no. is that something well, a label pays? um yeah so when I was with my label like sometimes they'd have to like book studio time okay. but like a lot of the most of the people that I work with like have a, like my producer has a studio at his house so Got like it. I don't have to pay for stu- it's usually like yeah you pay for studio time um, which How is crazy. Much is paying for studio time. I have no idea. Okay, it depends on the studio also. Okay, but it's crazy because basically, like songwriters and producers are low key like working for free. Yeah. <laughs> until like unless the song gets like put out, and in which case you pay the producer fee, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, because everyone's different. And then like songwriters get so fucked. Um, and then they make a certain percentage from whatever. But it's a very weird industry. I still don't understand how everyone gets paid or like even makes a living mm-hmm. in music, honestly. But my songwriting process is different every time with every person. It's just like it's usually I usually have to write about something that I know or something that I've gone through or something that's like on my mind at the moment. And if I don't have that, then I get really frustrated and I'll be like, I need to leave. And then I leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I just, totally get I'm like, that. Not today. Do you have any stories or moments during a songwriting process that you're like, oh, that was so cool how that came together or this person led me to come up with this idea type of thing? Oh, I think this is going to be the next song I'm putting out, but I'm not positive. Um, I worked with this guy, Gabe Simon, mm-hmm. in Nashville. And I think it was the coolest um like writing process I've ever seen because I was there for a month and I was writing four days a week with or people five, or alone with people okay yeah in, in different sessions with different people and um I was just really burnt out I was also like in Nashville you like everyone's drinking every single day and partying and I was just trying to like enjoy the city and so like I would go out and be out late most of the night so I was so burnt out I was so tired well, you've been doing this forever, too. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> and I went to the session, and I was really excited to work with Gabe. Like, he did, like, some, like, like Lana Del Rey blue banisters. And, oh, like, stuff. like wow. just really cool stuff that I, I really like. It's really great, like, instrumentalist and everything. Just a cool guy. And mm-hmm. I was really, really looking forward to this session. 
And I was like, fuck, I'm not feeling creative. Like, this is a bad day. Like, mm-hmm. I was, like, nauseous and just I was like, fuck, this is the – this is not going to feeling go, yourself. It's not going to go mm-hmm. well. And we started talking and he was like, okay, you don't – so you're not having a great time right now. Just let's let's just talk. Let's You can just – let's just talk. Mm-hmm. He asked me, like, questions about my childhood and how I'm feeling, why I – escaped to Nashville for a month because I was thinking about maybe moving there and I was like, going through like this. I could low-key see you moving there. I went and now, like I went and I tried it and I couldn't. Really? I can't be landlocked like that. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just, I'm a California bitch. Yeah. I just can't, I can't do it. And I'm sorry, but tornadoes? No. Mm-hmm. I will not be, you will not catch me in a tornado. I'm, tornadoes? No. <laughs> Like I, I'm okay with earthquakes for some reason. Just like that's that's my natural disaster. That's my comfort natural yeah, disaster. See, my comfort natural disaster are tornadoes. That's so mm-mm, mm-mm. no, no comfort no. natural natural disaster is hilarious. Like, I'm okay without yeah. one. I can handle it. Like, you had the drills growing up. So yeah, you had the oh, tornado drills. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I know what I'm good with earthquakes. Okay. But mm-mm. so that was like actually one of the main. <laughs> Because it always goes right through fucking East Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. And that's where I would want to live. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. Anyway, back to my story. Yeah. Ah. I was talking and he was just writing down things in a notebook. And I was like so out of my mind. I was just like, I didn't, I didn't like put, I was like, okay, cool. He's writing stuff down. Mm -hmm. I don't know what this is going to be. And then I was still talking and he starts playing guitar. And just like reading, he just wrote down everything that I said about my life and my childhood. Mm-hmm. And he just starts, and he was like, let's just sing what everything I just wrote down and turn into the song that like. And it's not out yet? No. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. I can't yeah. wait to hear it. It starts off with the lyric is, um, I had an existential crisis at five in a Jack and Jill bathroom I learned to survive. Because I was telling him that when I was a kid, my first existential crisis, like I, I vividly remember, like I was five years old and I looked down at my hands and I was like, Oh my god! Like I'm a human being. Like I'm a person, and like I like like I had like a you know one of those, mm-hmm. which is so funny because every like thirty year old man like does mushrooms one time and is like, no, like I looked in the mirror and I realized like <laughs> I was a person, and we're all just like on this floating rock, and then you're like, literally, yeah, like no, I realized that when I was like a young, young, young child, and they're like. No, I don't think you understand the complexity yeah. of this thought that I had. I'm like, no, I think I fucking do, and I think every girl has thought that already. Like at a this young is very age. true. No, it's like it's like too real, and like, it, yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> mine happened when I was five. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, and I like vividly remember it. And I was, t- and it was in. I shared a Jack and Jill bathroom with my sister when I was Same in my first house. Bathroom. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> um, I moved out of that house when I was. Six, uh-huh. so <laughs> I just exp- I just told him that, and he that, and then turned into the song, and it was all this, all this. That's yeah, it cool. Great. It was the coolest thing ever. I was like, damn, you just wrote it down. It felt like I was just like having therapy, and then we just like made it into a song. Mm-hmm. When you like have a lyric in mind, are you picturing the beat and like the music to it, or are you kind of letting the producer take charge of that? It really depends, because sometimes I'll write completely on my own. Uh-huh. Like I'm not like an incredible instrumentalist by any means <laughs> like I can play like I wrote I Hate You I Love You on piano and like I wrote mm-hmm. like uh, I have a song called Almost In Love like I wrote the guitar for that but mm-hmm. I didn't like play it in and like I intermittently go to guitar lessons like I, I'm back in them right now oh so gosh, I'm, like, amazing. I can play I have some demos on my SoundCloud of things that I recorded and it's me playing guitar mm-hmm. but it's like I couldn't tell you what I played like I'll play it and figure it out and then yeah. like forget what it was like so sometimes I will write 
something just on guitar or on piano at home mm-hmm. and then bring it into a session and then like kind of have a vision and tell them what I want or like bring in like a reference song like mm-hmm. oh I want to make a song that sounds like has like this slide guitar from this song or like more of like a jazzy like some jazzy chords or like whatever like I'll have like sometimes I'll hear a song and be really inspired by it yeah you're like I love the sound of this yeah I love love the tone of this guitar Mm -hmm. I love the with maybe let's do like this kind of drums so but it's sometimes I'll be I'll have nothing and I'm I'm like I let's just figure it out Mm -hmm. and sometimes producers will have like a full beat made that's like how I when I first started out that that was more so kind of how I worked like they people would play me like beats that they had and I would just be like oh this write one the and then I would write yeah. lyrics yeah now I think it's more of a collaborative effort because I'm kind of going back to my roots of like how I started which is I just love organic instruments mm-hmm. and like that I feel like that's kind of all I really listen to now is I'm, I love guitar um so like almost everything is guitar yeah, I just we'll, we kind of build it up. We'll start with mm-hmm. a guitar thing and then add some keys and then that. And just I mean, like that is mind fucking boggling to me. Like the putting the lyrics to beats and stuff. Like yeah. coming up with the music part is just something in my brain I do not have. I, not, mean, I was not gifted with that. Honestly, like kind of me neither. It's <laughs> I had to figure that one out. Like I'm more way more of a words person than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like again, when I was first starting out, like I had like a lot of the writers that. I was getting paired with I was like please like people that are good at melodies because like my melodies are very simple Mm -hmm. I'll just write words of like whatever I'm feeling I'll write like poems and shit like that and then I'll just like try to sing the poem into a song and sometimes some sometimes simple melodies are great Mm because it's like that's what first comes to your mind so that might be the catchiest thing and sometimes that's all you need but sometimes you want a little extra sauce yeah um, people that are good at like harmonies, like I'm not the best at harmonies, so it's nice. Like I like to work with people that are very, very musically inclined, because mm-hmm. um, I don't naturally have that. I'm working on it, and I'm starting to get a better grasp on it. Um, and I know what I like now. Are you the type of person or writer where you're out and about and you hear someone like say a saying or say a word and you're like, I gotta write that down? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Are you constantly writing shit down in your notes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always, my I, every song, every song I've ever written has been in my notes app. So like, it's all, it's like back to like 2016. So it's all, it's all in there. <laughs> One of my favorite songs of yours is when you sampled "Now." Oh yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that process. I guess like the business aspect of it. How do you go about sampling a song as an artist? So it's that's technically an interpolation. Okay. Not what's so, the difference? I think a, <laughs> I I honestly might even be wrong about this, but Forgive I'm pretty me for sure. Not knowing. No, it's like it's it's like it might even be like a type of sample technically. Okay. But, um, sampling is typically I think like um when you take like an actual sound bite of the song and you like you can like speed it up or got so, it. But, okay. And you like use that or like you use the beat and then write something else over it. But an interpolation is when you like take something and you like sing it yourself or you like change a little bit so like I changed the words obviously yeah. and it wasn't like Akon's voice it yeah. was me um, <laughs> no way yeah I know shocking <laughs> so did you have to buy the rights to that so there's like what you make as an artist is different than publishing publishing is like what the writers and producers like that's mm-hmm. the money that you make on the writing side so basically if you are doing something like that you just get very little publishing because like Technically, it was written by or like so. I, I don't I don't know the exact numbers of what we had to give, but all of the writers on that song on right now, na na na, are credited as writers on 
my version and then they all get their percentage as well. Got it. Yeah. So is he making money from that song of yours? Probably like a dollar. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What is like, if you're a singer songwriter, where do you make the most money or how do you make money? Great question. It really depends. It depends on like where you're at in your career. Like I know a lot of people that do make a lot of money from touring. I don't like when I was touring, it's pretty much like a, you want to break even and make like a little bit and then selling merch. I would make like a little bit of profit, but touring was not to make money. It was mainly just to like get yourself out there and like, you know, play shows, meet fans and everything. Um, and what was so shitty about being with a label and at the time, like I always say that I don't regret signing because my label gave me every connection ever. I was 16. I had no, I didn't have the money to, to book studio time and pay producers and I didn't have connections. I didn't know anyone except for Nash. Like that was like the only person I'd ever worked with. So I needed to like have people to guide me and help me. I was, I, I wasn't planning on doing music. I had a song and it accidentally blew up and I was like, oh, I guess fashion designer, dancer, actor have to be a side quest now and I do music. Yeah. And I was like in high school, I was, I actually, I I had fully given up on all of my dreams in high school. I was Mm -hmm. like, maybe I'll be a lawyer. Maybe, I don't know. I was figuring out what I wanted to do. What was that like, just for a brief moment, what was that like when the song blew up? Were you just like, how did you feel? Embarrassed. Really? Yeah, because everyone in my school was so mean. Like, About it? Yeah. Well, I was like, ar- they were already mean. But it it went from so you're like, like... this is familiar territory. Yeah. <laughs> it, went, it went from like, oh, who is she posting SoundCloud covers? She thinks she can fucking sing. She's so embarrassing. She's so bad. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this weird girl? And then my song started blowing up. And then it was like, oh, she thinks she's so cool. She thinks she's so cool. She thinks she can move to L.A. and just forget about where she came from. Like, well, how are you forgetting about us? I'm like, so you, guys are li- you guys literally made my life so horrible. And Losers. I was going from school and cry every day. And now you're like, how dare you forget your roots? Yeah. I'm like, the fuck? By the way, shout out my small business. <laughs> That's what, how they always are. The way the music industry works is like because with technology and social media and streaming, Everything is changing so fucking fast. Yeah. These executives and these companies, these labels, no one can keep up. So people, they think they can predict what's happening. For a moment, there was kind of a formula. Like in 2020, it was like, you pay Charlie D'Amelio, you pay Addison Rae to dance to your song, mm-hmm. and it blows up. And that's that was like a, a formula that was genuinely working. And then that stopped working because TikTok changed, and that's not what people were doing anymore. And like I remember right before I left my label, the like last thing one of the last like meetings I had with them was like they hired these people that were like TikTok experts to like <laughs> send me a spreadsheet of TikToks that I should copy and do. And I'm like, I made Jocelyn blow up on TikTok by myself because I was just bored. And I was like, I'm just going to like make a bunch of stupid videos of me dancing to the song. Also, on I'm so sorry. An old white man, man is not the type of person no. to give you advice on well, how to like, operate. They were TikTok. like in there. They were like. They weren't that the the TikTok experts weren't that okay, old, but like the experts. the people at the label were mostly old. I but don't I'm know. like. Do they have a pop in TikTok? I, I don't believe. The I don't believe experts? they did. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, like no shade to them. They seemed nice, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just like I feel, I feel like I could do this. Myself, yeah, maybe? for sure. I don't know. Um, did you have strategy with Jocelyn using nope. TikTok? Really? I've never had a strategy for anything ever in my life. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. People are always like, I'm such a goal-oriented. I have never had a goal. I have never had, literally I've never, I just like do stuff. 
Well, okay, you you definitely have an eye for things, or you oh. you know. I feel like maybe you uh, you're unintentionally really good at branding yourself. Well, or, that's the thing is like I I had um dinner one time with um Robin Girlboss Town. Oh yeah, and she was like, I feel like you have such a like specific like brand and like identity and like it's just you like know who you are and it's like so clear and like identifiable and I was like <laughs> I it was really like, does seem really? like that yeah if you, but I, I think it's just because I'm so like I literally don't like what we were talking about earlier of like when I was caught off guard on BFF's podcast yeah I was like, like I literally don't know how to do anything but be myself and even mm-hmm. if it's not always the same thing it's always coming from me so like I accidentally have created a brand for myself. Well, that's why it works because you're staying true to yourself. Yeah. And like Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. So when you're like coming up with, I guess, the branding or like the photo shoots and like the cover art and music video stuff, is that mainly you, like the creative behind it? Or is that a collaborative thing? I like to have people to help me with that stuff. Um, Like during my, like my first album was my creative director was Amber Park. She Mm -hmm. absolutely killed it. Um, She had a whole team of people too. So it was like a a whole production. Um, And now that I'm independent, it's like, it's different. I think I have a creative director that I've like, kind of like I've, I've hired him kind of, but like we haven't started working on anything yet because it's, I'm. The whole music industry like shuts down from like November through December. Oh, and, really? Like, starts back up in like the middle of January. Like the holidays are like the it's Hiatus. everyone's like <laughs> bye. Like I'm not like you can't get a hold of anyone. Like it's all done. So um, January I'll probably start working with him for that kind of stuff. I have to have someone helping me mm-hmm. because I it's just not. I mean seriously, I'm not just saying this. Your branding and album cover art is like some of my favorite out really? of all. Yes, oh, out of you. all musicians just because I, it's like fucking cool like i feel like it's creative it's cool it's not like corny <laughs> do you know what i mean like I sometimes like I don't, i'm so like i feel like it always I'm, impresses me i feel truly. like i'm so cringe and corny like i genuinely feel like that no, way it always myself. impresses me you're funny too like who came up with the i should have fucked your brother cover art me well no that was genius was it well so okay i have this team uh, that works for me, this agency called Mutuals Agency. Mm-hmm. They've been helping me a lot since I've gone independent. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, like, an in-house, like, graphic designer. His name is Dom. And, like, we'll all send, like, we'll brainstorm ideas. So I don't know if I – I don't know who first sent the meme. But, like, we all we, – it was a collaborative effort. But, like, I I don't know. I don't want to, like, take credit and then have Dom be like, that was me. Or, like, <laughs> but I, I don't know. When I tell you my jaw dropped – I was like, this is so fucking funny. Thank you. And creative. I feel like you underestimate your creativity a little, maybe. Well, I'll have the I'll have a lot of ideas, mm-hmm. and then I kind of I just have to like have someone help me like they're well executed bring them though. to fruition. Like mm-hmm. I will be like, oh, and then like once the brainstorming is going, then I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, and we could do this, and we could do that, and mm-hmm. it's like, but it's definitely not just me. Like I'm not gonna sit here and be like, yeah, <laughs> I set up the camera, me. and then I go and I run and I self timer, <laughs> and then I edit it. Yeah. Like, no. So for like the now music video, how involved are you in like, I guess, the directing or like the shot list and like the vision? Well, that music video is like the most expensive, craziest music video I've how ever much done. Did you spend on it? Well, I I got a brand deal for it, so all the outfits were from ASOS. Like, okay, it was all like like sponsored by them. Yeah. So I think it was like a hundred something k. Yeah, that's a fucking lot of money. But for like the like. 
music industry in general that that's like not that expensive. Like, mo- like if like really big artists will spend like a million dollars on that's a video crazy. or more, and it's like really crazy. But that's the most expensive video I've ever done by far. And it, I kind of just let I, I I wrote the like little the do you remember the like monologue thing like hi I'm yes. Leo O'Brien and you need to whatever that, yeah so it. like there were things that I contributed but like. You're not like, let's do I'm, this TikTok. I'm not a set builder. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not a set builder. I'm not, you know, there's, I I, I had a hand in. Mm-hmm. What in about the, the styling and like the glam and the hair? Are you like, I want it this way? Or do you just kind of I knew I wanted to do the like, the like Christina Aguilera, like black, yeah. the Cute. black ex- extensions with the blonde. And then I wanted to do the pink and then we wanted to like, it's just, it's again, it's like a kind of a collaborative thing all the time. Like mm-hmm. there's always someone helping me and, but I, I've never like. Just do whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What do you think are qualities of a singer songwriter that make them successful? Oh my god, I have no idea. Um, being fucking weird, probably. <laughs> okay. Honestly, and I think a lot of the most successful people are very different when you meet them than you would expect from seeing them online. Like mm-hmm. that's what I've noticed at least. And maybe they do that to like kind of protect their peace and protect like who they actually I are. Get that which I feel like I wish I did more because the more open and honest you are online, the more open you open yourself up more for criticism and because people feel like they know exactly who you are. And like, I'm the, I'm like, I'm, I get sad and I'm like, guys, I just want to let you know I'm really sad today. And I just feel like I literally posted that on my fucking story on my second account last night. Mm -hmm. Like I can't shut the fuck up. And that's my biggest problem. And I feel like a lot of the really successful people don't do that. Well, I think so. that's why probably a lot of people also like you is because you're so open. But then it's like that's probably also why a lot of people don't like me. I think it it, ma- it almost makes me like controversial in a way. It just opens up the can of worms for them to comment more on more personal things. Yeah. And then just to just to judge me more and be like, oh, damn, this bitch is so mentally ill. God damn. <laughs> Does that have anything to do with why you have archived and or deleted some of your photos? Yeah. Or most of your photos, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. I was like, I just had a moment where I was like, I feel like everything I've ever done is bad and I'm just going to delete it all. And then. Did you archive? I archived. Okay, it, thank yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> Me yeah, being stressed out for you. Archived. I'm like, there were some good photos no, on there. It's all archived. Um, I don't know. I go, I just always have like a, like, I don't I don't even, it's not even a mental breakdown and, or it's like somewhere between a mental breakdown and like an epiphany of like this is what I need to do. And then I do it. And then I'm like, shit, I don't know. Well, and you have your second account. Yeah. Which is, is that like your I'm main like, account now? You feel? I'm like scared to post things on my main account. Honestly, it just, it just freaks me out. And like, I, I've been like losing followers a lot too. So like, I just like, I'm scared that every time I post that people are just going to unfollow me. Well, so I feel like, like everyone is. It's yeah. Like Instagram, thing, Instagram right? is like also just kind of like not like, I don't watch I don't go on Instagram that much. I just like, watch, to watch stories. Stuff. I feel. Yeah, like I and also I'll look. I like when I go on Instagram and look at my feed. I'm like, oh damn, this person. Like the first post in my feed is from three days ago. Like it's why? so weird. Yeah. Um, Are you more of a TikTok girl? Like yeah, viewer? I will spend hours and hours on TikTok. Who are your which favorite I TikTokers? Stop. Right now, I will spend so long just scroll- so there's these three guys: Carrington, Chase, Keith, and Troy Zarbra. They make the funniest fucking videos in the entire world. Wait, I, I need cackle. To 
it's just like they're just like stupid they're all like 21 or something and they just like make the dumbest fucking videos and they're so funny to me and i just die laughing so that's probably my like guilty pleasure right now as i watch all of their videos and i'm like I are they die. comedy based yeah okay. it's just, they're just like they're just like idiots they're just mm-hmm. like so it's just like stupid mindless comedy <laughs> but honestly actually it's probably really they're actually probably all really geniuses yeah i think it's awesome (laughs) okay i'm gonna have to check them out after this watch you like watch it and be like why the fuck did you think this is funny (laughs) this is so stupid um people would probably say the same about me like the shit that i like on tiktok is like what is she watching i my new thing is reposting anytime i see something funny i'm like yeah i just think it's funny Mm -hmm. like it's a funny feature yeah i i yeah some good (laughs) good things to repost i saw in an interview that or maybe it was TikTok that you were really inspired by Katy Perry mm-hmm. for some of your recent music. Why? Going back to how I felt when I was a kid and like also I I briefly mentioned like I love organic instruments and like that's kind of how I started was writing just like on piano or guitar like all the music I listened to growing up was that. Um, so I went on like this little journey of trying to find music that I listened to when I was a kid that mm-hmm. I really connected with and kind of trying to emulate that. Like Michelle Branch was like my favorite artist when I was really, really young. Um, So it kind of started with like, oh, I'm gonna do like a Michelle Branch vibe. And then I just kept exploring more. And I was like, oh shit, like one of the boys, Katy Perry, like her first, like the 2008 album, so good, so good. I guess it's like pop rock. Like it's just like all guitar. Mm -hmm. It's just the stuff that I wanna make. No, I'm obsessed. Yeah, I'm also, a big fan of Born with a Broken Heart. Oh, thank you. Your vocals went crazy, girl. Yeah, I can't sing that song live. But um, <laughs> when you say yeah. you can't sing that song live, is that because you're taking a break between each like note, or what, what exactly is it? It's mean? just really, really hard to sing. So Colin does this thing where he sometimes manipulates me into <laughs> belting. So mm-hmm. my vocal coach, like she. It's like, I don't know why you belt in all of your songs. Like, you need to just, like, because you can sing in your head voice. I can sing softly, and it's healthier for me, especially when I'm going. Like, there's times to belt, and there's times to, like, tone it down. Mm-hmm. Colin loves the way my voice sounds when I'm belting, mm-hmm. and the higher and harder and the closer I am to my breaking point, the better it sounds to him. Oh, So I'll be like, I literally can't hit that note. And he's like, okay, lay down on the ground, lay down on the floor, Sing it while laying on the floor. Stand up. Now sing it. Do the sing it while smiling. He does like all these like thing, and then I'll like I'll I'll like do it, and because we're doing multiple takes, mm-hmm. so like I'll get one really good take, but that's not happening on stage. Like yeah, <laughs> you don't have like three hundred takes. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, so it's at the highest point in my voice. I'm belting. So in a show, like I'm singing a bunch of songs, and I have to keep my shit together. I have to be able to sing the whole set, especially yeah. like if I was on tour, like I can't every even single night. So I'm a little worried of because I all the songs I've been making, not all the songs I've been making with him, but like most of them are like me belting. Um, What's the most challenging thing about singing live? It's just like scary. <laughs> it's like it's scary. Um, it depends because like there's things that are that are hard about touring versus like just like playing a random one off show. Mm-hmm. Um, or like. For example, like opening for someone is like hard because you have to like win over a crowd or like playing. Like that's also kind of how I feel when I play like college shows or like things that I'm booked for that like people didn't necessarily like pay tickets to see me because they're a fan. Like there's a, there's just different vibes to every show. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's scary, but then once you get up there, you kind of like 
adrenaline takes over or whatever and you just like it just happens have you ever forgotten a lyric oh well, I literally every single show really oh absolutely <laughs> I like I think I've probably maybe done like one or two shows in my entire life mm-hmm. that have been like perfect. When well, you're you know how artists like talk in between mm-hmm. songs or whatever? Is that something that no. just comes naturally? Oh, to you? I thought you were gonna ask if it's planned. Oh <laughs> no, yeah. Um no I don't write out like a I don't write out like a, a like script. what to say yeah. or like when I'm on tour, uh-huh. sometimes I'll because it's typically the same set list every night, sometimes I'll write like or I'll I'll get I'll get in like a groove, like sometimes on the set because I'll have a set list in front of me. And it'll say like talking break. Mm-hmm. And I like once you've done a few shows and you're like in the vibe of it, there's like certain things that I, I will just like that come to mind. That, like your bullet points. Yeah, and they just kind of it starts becoming second nature to like introduce mm-hmm. a song in a certain way. So like that will happen over time. But like if I'm just doing a random show, like I have no fucking idea what's gonna come out of my mouth. Well, that's the thing that impresses me the most about Taylor Swift. Uh, did you see Eras? Like I didn't. Sh- I didn't go. I was so. I know because I. I played my shows when she was in L.A. and then Damn. yeah, the like one day that I had off that she had a show, I like couldn't get tickets because I was too late because I thought that I wasn't gonna be able. To, and it was a whole thing. Anyway, I'm a Swifty. Alexi and I always talk about it. <laughs> We're like obsessed with Taylor Swift. But she, the thing that blows our minds about her is she says basically the same thing almost every show and I've been to multiple shows and it feels like it's she's saying something brand new yeah like it feels so like real and new I'm like I literally just saw the show yeah. yesterday why does this feel like a brand new person I, and she's just like such a star it's yeah. insane do you are you a fan of her yeah absolutely yeah I mean I, I wanted to go to Aero's tour so bad yeah she's just like she's like Broken every single record in the entire world. Like she's uh-huh. like not a real. Like she can't be real. I mean she's real, but like what she can't album be real. of hers is your fave? Ooh, I mean honestly, probably Fearless. Just like the, I just like grew up on like yeah. Fearless, and then like um the first one is just like Taylor. It's like self titled debut. Right? Yeah. yeah, her debut. Um, Taylor Swift. Yeah, I grew up on that. Like like obs- my sister was super super obsessed. So that was just like everything to me growing up so I think I just have such a special like connection mm-hmm. um so nostalgia wise probably those but I, I also like really love 1989 me too that's a good one I want to know when you're not working on music and stuff what are you doing during your free time like what are your sleeping. hobbies sleeping <laughs> okay what are you doing when you're not sleeping or working um, I've been recently into bouldering, like ro- indoor rock climbing. Oh yeah, Lexi told me that. Yeah, she's incredible. I'm like she's bad. been trying to get me yeah. to go. It's so fun. So I have OCD and also just like I just call them the thoughts. Like I just have the, th- the thoughts all the time. <laughs> and unless I'm really, really into something, like my mom, like so focused, which is hard for me to do because like the thoughts. Well, it gets you off your phone too. It gets you off. Yeah, every, like I just need to like focus on something and I realize every time I go rock climbing afterwards I'm every single time no matter how like I already know that I feel this way but every time afterwards I'm like whoever I'm with in the car I'm like that's just like the best thing in the world I just (laughs) fucking love rock climbing do you have all the gear um so I just got a chalk bag okay uh, it's a little monster and then Drew got me an REI gift card for my birthday so I can go buy shoes and my sister got me like a bag like a like a climbing bag, like a bag Amazing. just to keep all my stuff in. Um, so I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But like, and I don't even do it to be good. I just like, 
when you're on the fucking wall, even if you're doing the easiest one, like you're on a wall and you're so high up, like <laughs> you if can't you think about anything you can't else. think about anything else, and it's like a puzzle for your mind because you're yes. like, where do I put my limbs? Mm-hmm. And then also, if you fall, you, you think you're—I mean, you're not gonna die. You'll be probably fine. Like yeah. you land on like a soft mat, but like you could severely mm-hmm. hurt yourself. That's um, a great workout. It's a great workout, and you work out weird muscles that you don't even yeah, know like that you have. Like my strength. forearms, like right here, was like so sore after mm-hmm. the first time. But I. Yeah, I just the thoughts. It's the only time the thoughts go away, and it's also a great like community sport to do. Like, okay, it's like yeah, you, can you play, play with your friends. friends, and you like one person goes, and you're like, put your left foot there, <laughs> keep your hips closer to the wall. Like, you got this, you got this, and like mm-hmm. we, you can bring any amount of people, and like you can all go to like different areas, or you can watch each other because you're not like constantly climbing. Like, you have to take breaks because it's so like strenuous. Mm-hmm. So like I'll do one and then stop, and then like Drew will do one and stop, and then Lexi does one, and we're like sitting there, we like, take videos, and we're like. <laughs> Yes, girl, you got it. And are you mainly doing the bouldering, which is without the yeah? Cable I don't. I, thing, yeah, right? the, I, I don't do I'm the like, like what is that called the harness. Bel- it's like you get belayed. Yes, belayed. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't do that. I haven't done that. Like, you just since I was a raw kid. dog the wall. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was gonna be way scarier, but it's not. I kind of like it more because like, are you going all the way to the top? Yeah, but like, it's well, there's impressive. like there's. Some of them you have to go all the way to the top, top, and you like touch it, and that's mm-hmm. the finish. Or like it, they'll. There will be ones that say like finish and it's like you just have to touch the last Got thing. It. But it's always pretty high. And there's one part, I forget what it's called, where you go and you climb all the way over and then you have to walk down the stairs on the back. Oh you my god. You have to like God. pull your body over. Well, what's crazy are when people actually do that in real life, like in nature. Mm-hmm. They rock my climb. My sister does oh, that. What? She like will like sleep on the fucking mountain. No, that's or insane. On the They're like rock climbing on actual. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the, like little like fucking yes. hammocks and you like. Yes. Yeah. What are those called? I don't know. It's the between the trees. No, like, like on the on the fucking cliff, on the cliff. Like you are like when it takes like multiple we days. So LA. We're like on the, <laughs> on the cliff when it takes multiple days to climb up the cliff. Okay, you have to sleep on the cliff, so you put I'm not like cut a out for ha- that. No, hell no, no, no that's Respect too much. Respect to your sis, though. That's too much. That is crazy. Or the ones in the rock climbing gym where they're like slanted oh so like yeah you're I upside will ne- down that, basically i do not have the back and shoulder strength for that it's like crazy. even the like level ones on mm. the on those walls if it, there's any kind of back slant like i i refuse like i'm doing the straight up or like this do you feel like you've gotten stronger um i actually haven't been in a like couple weeks because i was traveling and everything mm-hmm. and it's so hard for me to get back into the flow of literally anything mm-hmm. so my friend josh called me last night and i'm like going through a weird mental time right now and i was like telling him about it he was like well i'm forcing you to go climbing tomorrow yeah you should i'm probably gonna go climbing today maybe i'll see you in a couple of uh climbing times or in in a few few weeks i swear it's so fun i swear it's so fun i never thought that i was gonna be into it and i did it and i was like wait yeah you're a climber girl it's so fun do and you? the place we go is like so cool they have like a queer climbing night and there's like the everyone that works there is like just so nice and chill and like people that are rock climbing next to you like they'll do like one that you couldn't get and you're like how did you do that like what's the trick and they'll like te- like that's every- crazy there's such a sense of like community and it's so welcoming you just feel like everyone is welcome and just beautiful. well i've been loving pickleball lately everyone is obsessed with pickleball and you i've should never play. played okay i'll text you to come okay, sometime absolutely. it's it's great because it gets you off your phone and yeah. it's like you don't have to be professional. It's not. It's a great. It's great exercise, but you're not like running the whole yeah. time. Um, but I've been loving it because it gets me outside of my like 
orbit of people. I feel like I'm around the same like bubble of people all yeah. the time. And I like having different types of conversations. And like, I'm sure you get the same at the rock climbing gym. It's like, I don't know you and we're probably not going to hang out outside of this. But I like this banter we're having. Yeah. It's like almost a good like social practice. It is. Yeah. Well, well anyway, Olivia, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Yeah. You were lovely. And I'm honored to have gotten the time to interview you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Maybe we'll see each other rock climbing Absolutely. soon. Is there a new song coming out soon that we can look forward to? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when exactly it's coming, but yeah. It's, like I said, the music industry like shuts down for the holidays. That's like right. it's literally done. So like probably January. Probably January. And I, we can yeah. follow you where? On everything. It's just Olivia O'Brien or some I, on TikTok it's Olivia G. O'Brien. I don't Why have a the Twitter. G? My middle name is Gail. Oh, it's yeah. a pretty sexy. That's my grandma's name. It's your grandma's name? Gail. My grandma's name, too. Oh, grandma sisters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, everyone go follow Olivia. And if you're a real one, follow Olivia O'Crying. Oh, yeah, my, my second account. Well, <laughs> or don't. It's a special community, so yeah. you have to if you're be, a real you have one, to be nice. Yeah, you have For to the be nice, nice people, <laughs> go follow Olivia O'Crying. And be sure to make someone else's day this week. Peace. <laughs>